0: Hello again everyone. Welcome back. is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador. Episode number 274. And today's episode, even though I have a, you know, some stories that I still want to tell if they're occasionally motivational for people or funny. Uh, and then the ser- some stuff on preparing a dog. How do, you, how do you get ready to go run the high level stakes? I'm still going to do that. But I have had a lot of... Uh, Inquiries and comments and stories lately on this topic and usually I always take it that when I'm getting That much input on a topic I haven't addressed in a long time that maybe that's a little signal that I should probably bring that up and I'm gonna do that And that is uh, we're just gonna talk about the nature of dog training in general Which I think is an extremely uh, important topic a lot of people who I don't want to hear that whatever I know what I need to know and I'm I'll, I'll wait till there's something more interesting but dog training is, uh, you know, whatever I, when I say that, whatever comes into your mind, you know. and there's people, there's today's pet dog training, you know, where you give them a treat whenever they do what you want. And I guess you don't when they don't. And, and I, and I sound a little bit disrespectful. And I am, you know, when you get a dog, it has to be fed to do something. I, mm, I just, I'm not going to do that. Just like I never fed my kids because they got you know, home on time, <laughs> just not going to do that stuff. But I'm talking about dog training for, for services, for, 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 performance, usually shared stuff with us. You know, if you have a herding dog, they're out working with you, whether you get cattle or sheep or something, or they herd birds and ducks and geese. Um, you know, that's really useful. You guys are in business together and, and our hunting dogs, we're kind of in business together, whether it's out bringing in, you know, food for, for meal, or whether it's, sharing our hobby of competing with various kind of competitions. So that's that's a little bit more the dog training I'm talking about and some of it can be very sophisticated. You know if you're going to go go to the national at any event you've got a lot of stuff on your tool belt that your dog can do a lot of took a lot of time and a lot of effort to get there and those of you that have built a dog from scratch and up you know just how much uh, goes into that. So when people are new to dog training, you know, they, you just see the dogs doing really cool stuff and people have really neat things in their truck to carry their dogs and all kind of gizmos and the dogs go do all this stuff. Oh, it just looks so neat, right? So much. And that's just the frosting on the cake of all of this. That's all it is. What it's really all about is the day-to-day nuts and bolts of the educational, process of a dog and that's what I'm going to talk about because how people train dogs how they choose to learn about dogs and what they do is a function of one what they were taught whatever you know whoever they learn stuff from it, it, you know that's kind of what they know and and then it's also a function of what they actually think dog training is and I'll get into that in just a little bit. And then it also have basically comes down to do you view the world as basically fundamentally good with just a little trouble on it? Or do you view the world as basically don't trust them. There's a lot of evil out there. Watch out. Always look out for yourself. All of those things impact how people approach dog training. And where I come from as having... I. St- I actually started training dogs when I was four. Of course, the dog was already trained by my big sister, but I was doing that. But I started competing when I was 10. And I have basically competed all my life. And so I've been around a lot of dog people, starting with the basic obedience people, you know, and the show dog people. That's where I got my start. And then the first day I ever went out and saw uh, the retrievers doing a triple and a blind I was like, all right, I must learn this, <laughs> and so from that time forward, it, it, I've always been in in these dogs and the education of those dogs. And I have had, in all of these many decades, a lot of opportunity to be around a lot of different trainers. Some of the very best that have ever been, some of the very best. And I will say that the very best trainers that I've seen were not uh brutal none of them were and but when i say best it's not my definition It's most successful most field champions most national wins most, all of that most all of that those people when i say success because that's kind of how it is in our world and that kind of deal um they were not brutal people now are there a lot of people are there people that have won the national and made field champions and finished mini master nationals that are kind of brutal yes yes but i'm talking about the ones from whom i said i want to know everything i can get from you or people that were educators so some trainers are trainers and some trainers are educators and that's a really a function of who they are and and how their insides are so with you and your own training are you an educator or are you uh a trainer okay dog now you're going to do this i had one uh field trial pro he was very good with a specific kind of dog and i remember i had gone to a seminar that he had given i never would have sent a dog to him but i i wanted to know he was very good at certain aspects of this and i remember him somebody asked him a question and he said i could force fetch any dog on the planet you know, and he said that like a—I mean, he should have had a black mustache, you know, and a—a a pig leg and a hook or something. I mean, it was like—I felt like I was in a just a barroom brawl that was about to begin. And so that tells you a lot about how he looked at this stuff. I can make this guy do anything I want, and he was effect—very effective with certain kind of dogs. So. One, if you are a little bit more of the barroom brawl kind of person, then you'd probably need to be do your learning and and educate you know about training from somebody that has basically the same uh, approach you have, uh, or that you're comfortable with, and it is that approach. And then there are ones that are a little bit more of the um, I don't know college professor. They're going to explain to you. They're going to Derive everything from first principles and any of you ever been in some science classes, you know what I'm talking about It's like, oh no, don't start from that But that's what a good trainer does is they start from the very first principles, which is always How does this dog learn and how let's just teach it how to learn first and then building up forwards Uh, And then there's that kind of thing and then there's everybody that's kind of on a sliding scale in between Now, I'm not mentioning good or bad in here. I'm just talking about types. And it's important, I think, that you understand what kind of, which one of those are where you are on that scale. Because ultimately, that's the only place you're going to be really effective. And if you are the barroom brawler type, where I can make, I can force fetch any dog in the world, then you really need to be able to train have those kind of dogs to train that can take that and they they want they learn they like to do the end result of what they're doing enough that they'll endure that kind of training because I don't think that kind of training ever necessary but anyway so, so that's you, you got to have the right kind of dog and similarly if you have one of those dogs that well no I'll say that a really good educator can adjust their teaching so that they are continuing to teach and they determine what the uh, aspect what the nature of the student that they're teaching so i just want people one to look at dog training this way you know it's an educational program and before you even start training a dog educating a dog you have to teach them how to be a student first you have to teach them how to learn this is often skipped giving them a treat because they sat that's definitely teaching them something but it may not be ultimately you're not teaching them how to learn how to sit focus pay attention learn practice have things enforced, go back learn practice there's nowhere in there unless that you know this food thing is you know and i remember somebody saying oh i see the the reward for the for the point is a retrieve on pointing labs, right? On pointing dogs. Well, no, pointing retrievers. Not all pointers are as into the retrieve as they are the point. So everyone, oh, well, the reward for a pointing lab is, is a retrieve. And I, I, you know, I, I cannot just go, oh yes, that's it. Do they like the retrieve? Oh heavens. Yes. They're retrievers. That is one of their great passions in life. They love to retrieve. Um, but I think when they do the pointing thing, that's also, it's not their, it's a, it's a passive thing and the retrieving is a real active thing, but I think the search and find of the bird is the reward, not the fact that three, two, one, go, now you can go do the retrieve. When you teach a dog that way, you're always going to have to worry a little bit about them moving or breaking. But as a trainer, for any of you Pointing Lab guys, if you can separate that out, okay, the point is a passive thing that they do because the search and find is the reward. And then we all know that the retrieve, they love it. It's fantastic. So that's the second part of all that. But I don't hook those things all onto the retrieve. Really don't. Even though, yes, when they first start pointing, we give them a retrieve, right? And everybody thinks, well, that's the reward for pointing. And all we are there instead of rewarding pointing what we're doing is creating an association between when you do this point thing and then soon we're going to require that they remain there and don't move again when you do that good things happen when you do not do that good things do not happen Or let's say, I I hope bad things don't happen. I know a lot of people do train that way, but the good thing doesn't happen. So all we're doing is creating association. Ah, this whole chain of, of behaviors is getting built together. And when I do this and when they get old enough and have enough experience, we then can teach them, okay, once you point, you can't move no matter what till I say, we're just chaining together one behavior to the other. But the, re- the retrieve is not like, if we don't give them a retrieve, they are going to quit pointing. It, that's not necessarily how all that works. And I don't know if that makes sense. But it makes it much easier to teach the steadiness and the staunchness if you understand that those things are associated. But it's not one single constant behavior thing. The retrieve is what they live for. It is not what they point for. All right, they point because of the search and find of the bird. So I just want to, that's what I'm talking about. So if you are an educator, it's important to, on every level from the very beginning, when you're teaching fundamental obedience, it's like, all right, dog, now what's the first step of all that? I've said it a hundred times in these things. First, you have to be focused on me and pay attention. Now, I didn't define that as eye contact, I don't want you hunting. The dog should not be looking at you <laughs> unless you're casting on a, on a, you know, handling them on a blinder or handling them somewhere. They shouldn't be looking at you. So that is not how I define attention. I define attention by when the dog is mentally tuned into me listening and paying attention to my movement or what I say. Okay. So you have to first teach a dog to do that stuff. And I'm not going to go into all this stuff. That's a that's a whole book on itself. So, but first you have to teach him how to be taught by you, how to learn. If you do that, then as you progress through the steps of training, right, then each one makes sense. It's built upon the other. Um, the, the when, when the things go well, it always ends on an uptake, you know, throw a happy bumper at the end. When things don't go well, that's probably even more time to throw a happy bumper so that it's like, okay, that was hard. We, we kind of bumped along in there, but well, let's end it with something that we both really enjoy. You know, don't throw happy bumpers. If they, if that doesn't serve any purpose, don't do it, but think about things at that level. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. Educating a dog versus give me the dog. I'll make this Hummer sit every time I say watch. And then through, uh, intimidation, uh pain, (laughs) teach them to avoid pain. You better do what I say. And so then they learn to do what you say because they're afraid of what's going to happen. That's the other kind of training that I'm talking about. Now I'll be honest. There's certain parts ear pinch on force fetch, collar conditioning, where there's some discomfort that is used to teach them, Hey, this, you can make this go away and control it. If you just respond, so there is not big, horrible stuff, but just whatever is meaningful to the dog. So I'm not going to pretend like it's all cupcakes when you're training dogs, but it should be educating them and making them understand. And sometimes you say, all right, you have a choice to do this or this, but I really want this to be your choice. So I'm going to make it far more, uh, uh, choosable for you by making the other choice, not as nice, whether it's with an ear pinch or an enforcement or something. So I got to be straightforward about that. But the reason that I'm saying all this stuff is because anybody you watch training dogs, whether it's a professional, a semi-professional, a good amateur, a learning amateur, a not very good amateur, new person, what, how they're looking at this, what, how they would define their interactions with the dogs pretty much tells you everything. And if you watch them... Are they educating a dog or are they saying, all right, you're going to do this, bud, right? Look, That's what you want to look at. Now, here's where I'm going to come into. That, and so, okay, that's what dog training is. That's what it is. First, you have to teach them how to be educated. Then you educate them. But, and I've said this a thousand times, you educate them in the manner in which they learn. And it is different for all dogs. If you've got a real sensitive dog that's real smart, That's a hard dog to train, my personal favorite, but it's a, but it's, so you don't have to use a lot of pressure, but you really got to be in their heads and know what they're thinking so that you can tell when they're understanding, tell when they're not, and you respond to that. And then it's very easy to get them to do stuff. If you have a dog that's very sensitive and also not real smart, (laughs) you got to just be really patient and not think that the dog is, uh, just ignoring you or refusing keep that one in mind because this we're going to come back to that one and then if you have one of these barroom kind of dogs and there are some they're like yeah I'll do it if I make me because I don't really think I don't want to do it your way and so you have to speak with them teach them and educate them in a way that is meaningful to them so as the puppy in the litter when they were crawling up biting mom's ear you know the other one she just shoves it away and it never goes back and does that again the little sensitive one this guy He goes, oh man, she's pushing me. Maybe she'll do it again and push me again if I go up there. And they kind of engage in something that's more comfortable for them, this sort of brawl deal. And so mom has to be very tough on this dog to have him go, all right, I'm not going to chew your ear anymore. So it's that way with training. But it's important that you understand that in the animals or people (laughs) that you're dealing with. You have to find out which one it is. Don't assume. Don't assume, well, I had his dad. He's exactly the same. Find out. Just find out. But that requires you being patient and uh, paying a lot of attention to the dog and and, um, associating your actions with the dog's responses and what does that mean. That's important. But now let's just talk about other people training, not you and me. So there are many trainers who fall on that scale different places between the education and uh, kind of the wrestling room or the boxing room I don't know Uh, even though those are very finessey too but but they fall in there somewhere are they training the dog because that's how they are and so the dog is just subject to them or are they completely are they educating the dog and first finding out where this dog is what works best with him that's the part that's always missing. We always, if you ever hear somebody, especially trainers, you'll never hear hardly. Uh, one trainer say a really good thing about another trainer. The biggest insult retriever trainers all give one another is, oh, well, yeah, but he's really tough on dogs. And that's what you always say, right? So you're the good guy and they're the bad guy. You hear that all the time. All you got to do is watch the, watch them in their interactions with the dog. Watch who must respond to whom. If they just force the dog to respond versus they're responding to the dog, I don't know. Learn, get the ability to be able to tell that. But I'm going to say this now about dogs. And I feel very comfortable weighing in on this because of how many dogs I've trained and how long I've done it. And so that's why, because everybody always knows everything and I can't stand that. And I don't, but I have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dogs trained them and been all over everywhere. I have never seen a dog that wanted to get in trouble. I have never seen a dog that said, go ahead and fire that collar up and let me have it because I'm still not going to do what you want. I have never seen it in my life. I have never seen a dog that says, you can get out your healing stick and your choke chain or that prong collar deal. You can flap a collar anywhere on my body you want and I'm still going to do whatever you want. I have never seen that dog in my life. I have never seen a human being who says, oh, okay, you can shoot me. You can do whatever you want. I just don't care. I'm going to, you know, that's just not the way things are. And dogs do not do that. And when a dog is, is not where somebody wants them to be, how they respond to that is extraordinarily telling. One, are they blaming the dog? So if it's all the dog's fault, I'm going to tell you right there, that's no dog trainer in my mind. If it's all the dog's fault and they don't take any responsibility, them the educators of this dog, um, tell, you know, then they're not an educator. They're just going to go overpower the dog. So that's what you have as a, do- a person that w- wishes to do that. There's no dog that wants to get in trouble. So if you ever, when you see somebody brutalizing an animal, it has nothing to do with training. And I have seen, and I'll be honest, if if I've, if, how do I say this? Any time, especially as I was kind of coming up through the ranks and, you know, tr- with different training groups and all that learning, uh, and I'm still learning, but I was learning stuff. I was around some people where I watched some things happen and particularly when I was fairly new. So it's not like I knew a lot, right? And I'm fairly new and, and I watched this, this thing happening in front of me where this dog is screaming or or on the ground or whatever it is i never went back i don't care who that was or what the situation was it was the best training group in the area whatever i would never i never went back because i wouldn't go back if they were doing that to a little kid right matter of fact, you call the police i hope goodness i hope if anyone's brutalizing another human being one of their kids their spouse whatever man, I'm calling the authorities. This is wrong. But people let people do that to dogs a lot. And I do not understand that. Right. I just don't, there's nothing. I don't care. I'll go out of business, you know, but I will not be anywhere near that person again. And I don't think we have a lot of that. How many times I've had had stories, how many times I have had somebody come up, run up and say, you know what, that test, and this is for decades, I've had this, and, it, you know, and right out behind the truck, so-and-so was doing this and that to his dog. And I know in the trainer's mind, what they're doing is getting the dog in a submissive mode so that it does whatever it's supposed to out there, because obviously it's not trained well enough to just go do it. So that's that's what they're doing. And everybody goes, and it's over and we're gone. And it's like, well, what, why now are you saying this? I mean, you're just telling on somebody without ever doing anything about it. So it comes down to, for all of us in this whole training thing, it comes down to, do you believe that dogs are put on this earth to go through that? I mean, these are God's creatures, correct? Did he put them down here so that if they did something wrong, they would have to, I don't, you know, people obviously think different things or it's just a dog It's not like that really counts there. I know a lot of people feel that way. There's no change in their mind. It's just, this dog doesn't work, get another one. But, and there's people that feel that way about people too, right? So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But I just, I'm going to personally ask people. um, One, not to shy away from it. Two, not to support it. And call it out when you see it. Unless you agree. If you're fine with that, if that's how you learned and sometimes you just kick the crap out of these guys for whatever reason, then you're probably not listening to my podcast, I can say that. But I've just heard a lot of stories lately, and it's very, 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 very disturbing to me to hear about animals being brutalized. Just like if somebody said there was a kid across the street, dad was whooping the snot out of him. You know, it's like you can't let that happen. i mean you can't what if that was you would you just beg and plead for someone to come save you and these dogs have no voice folks they have no voice and so if you are getting help from someone or you know which i've heard a little bit of that lately somebody was getting some professional air quotes help with their dog before a big event and the dog was literally being brutalized again and it's it's like first get the dog away from these people and don't let them touch it first then second say exactly why were you doing this and the first thing you're going to hear when you do that i know because i have is there's going well it's the only way this dog will be for one that's not true because dog probably wasn't ever educated so when it does the wrong thing you just brutalize it and figure that way it'll never do it again um but people do that because it tells you a lot about, one, how much they do not know about the education of animals, and two, about their character. It tells you about their character. And, you know, I've seen it much closer to in my life than not, not my dad. My dad was the meanest guy in the world to all of us, and never to an animal. You know, so that was weird. But I have had uh, people close to me, uh brutalizing animals and when they get kind of in that really mad mode you know and you have that electric collar or the healing whatever you got and it's a terrible terrible thing and um, i always stood up to it paid the price a few times but st- stood up to that and i just ask anyone who cares or anyone that's involved with this to at least consider if that were you uh or your dog or the kid across the street what would you do because these guys are God's creatures. They matter. They matter and they do not have a voice except for us. Those of us who care. Those of us that are watching them. Um, again, I don't treat train. I don't sit there and praise them every time they do anything. You know, I, don't, I treat them with a lot, a lot of respect. But I will, you know, if I, if they tell me I don't want to do this or I don't understand, I listen. And I just wish that everyone that's working with other humans... Or animals would do the same thing just listen to what they're telling you and respond to that Um, because that proves that you have every right to be working and training these guys so I just wanted to get that out uh, today people don't like it it's kind of controversial everyone feels guilty you know there's a few times when I saw stuff and didn't do anything about it and I will you know I stopped that because it's like what if that was you what if you were getting beat somewhere and somebody walked by and saw it and just walked on? Um, or somebody's beaten one of my dogs? Ooh, I could get really mean then. <laughs> but just, just uh, think about it. It's become far more fashionable to be uh, an intelligent, educating trainer. But we still got a lot of the old school in our world. And I just ask people to uh, put yourself in the shoes of the animal or person you're watching. And, uh, you know, do whatever you think is your, your mission in this world. So, but don't be afraid. Do, please do not be afraid to call something out. If you see something in an event or, or you see something, uh, you know, even in training, um, if, you, if you don't want to confront it yourself, let somebody know if you can, because, um, I don't know, we got to stick up for the guys that are in a position that can't stick up for themselves. So that's today's. Next week I'll get back on something more uh, along those scholastic lines of learning about stuff and how to get ready but I just I wanted to get that one in. It's really important to me. Uh, Whether everybody hates it or not I'll just always say it. So wish everybody the best hunting season. Fall is definitely here. It's getting chilly. There's snow in the mountains and uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful October. I'll be back next week.